When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone. Merry Christmas. I believe as this comes out, it will be Christmas morning. We will drop this in the morning. Uh, welcome back to the Wolverine. Anthony Broom, Clayton Safey here. Uh, we are talking to you from the past. This is a time machine. Uh, we're talking to you in the past, but talking to you on Christmas Day. Uh, just a little uh, uh, stocking stuffer, little impromptu reflection on the year, Q&A, all of those types of things. Uh to as you're unwrapping presents, as you're driving <laughs> to your in-laws' house, uh, yeah, this is the soundtrack to that. So forget your, you know, your Elvis Christmas album, your 24 Hours of a Christmas Story. Ring in the Christmas holiday with TheWolverine.com. Anthony Broom here with Clayton Safey. Clayton, Merry Christmas to you, sir. Uh, good to be here from the past. Speaking about the Christmas future, there's some kind of Scrooge parallel there somewhere, but uh, make your jokes. But uh, Clayton, hello. Welcome back. Well, t technically, most of the time we are talking to them from the past. We just usually release it a little bit quicker. So, yeah, it's Thursday right now, December 21st. So if there's any crazy breaking news that has happened, uh, that probably won't be discussed here. We will be talking to you from Pasadena later on in the week as we uh, travel out there, get all the coverage from there. But Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Hope everybody has a great day and, uh, and stretch of days as we lead into the new year. Um and yeah, I mean, they thought they could escape us on Christmas, but we even got a show now. So, you know, the haters are, are pissed. Well, listen, we have bills to pay and we have friends to shout out. Uh, would be remiss if we didn't came, come and say hello on a Monday as we usually do. Uh, we are brought to you in this very special Christmas edition of the Wolverine.com podcast by our pals over at homefieldapparel.com. Uh, your Christmas shopping's done, but maybe you forgot. Maybe you uh, need to make amends somewhere else. Obviously, college football playoff on the way. Uh, maybe potential college football playoff national title game. You're not going to want to miss uh, what Home Field Apparel has to offer. They're a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of the heart of Big Ten country in Indianapolis. They have a commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed designs uh, with, you know, the the vintage, the the having a brain fart here. See, this is, this is how Christmas Day go for me. Vintage. 
throwback stuff, vintage stuff. It's a growing collection of over 150 plus colleges to choose from. Uh, they're dedicated to delving into the archives and history of each school. They discover your unique logos, mascots, and iconic moments to create thoughtfully designed apparel. Uh, it's authentic. It's nostalgic. Guys, you've heard me talk about this a million times at this point. I have an entire drawer full of this stuff at home, and now it's also starting to spill over into a closet when we talk about hoodies, crewnecks, things like that. More you've seen me wear some of that on these shows as well. So I uh, encourage, uh, encourage you guys to go over to homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code Wolverine23. It's good for 15% off any customer's first order. Um, and there's something for every. If you went to a Michigan directional school, I'm a Central Michigan grad. If you're a Western guy, an Eastern guy, there's stuff for you there. There's stuff from colleges all over the country. But also that Michigan collection is about as good as it gets uh, with them. So shout out to Connor and the team over at Homefield. Use that promo code. Wolverine 23 for 15% off any customer's first order over at home field. All right, Clayton, uh, this year we will reflect here a bit uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes, which is, this is a Q and a episode, but gosh, I mean, this year has felt like three years in a lot of ways there. You've had, you know, just think back to January. There was the Jim Harbaugh stuff with the Denver Broncos. That was the dawn of the burger gate allegations. And then there was, you know, the transfer portal and you transition into spring football and then the summer comes around. Yeah. You know, you have guys that are coming off surgeries. You get to the summer in the NCAA right before big 10 media days leaks to the media. Jim Harbaugh is facing a suspension for the burger gate allegations. And then you get past that. You serve the suspension. You get to the next few weeks of the season. Like, all right, fine. Everything's back to normal now. And then it's the sign stealing stuff, the Connor stallion saga, the, five or six weeks that followed that all while continuing to win football games and positioning them to be where they're at right now, where we are, you know, as of this show coming out literally one week until kickoff uh, for the, the Rose bowl college football playoff semifinal between Michigan and Alabama. Uh, it has been a lot of uh, I'm very brushed up on my NCAA bylaws and a lot of legal jargon jargon after this year. Um, it just, it's been, it has been a year. That is for sure. It has been, uh, I feel like I'm a lawyer. I kind of wanted to be a lawyer at one point growing up. So I'm kind of living out that, that dream a little bit with this job. So best of both worlds. Um, it's been crazy. Uh, but do we want to go through some of the top moments and how do we want to do it chronological or, or draft them or what do you want? to? We do? can do it chronological. Um, okay. I mean, if any of your favorites stick out right off the bat, I feel like we can kind of take it. We can, let's let's start at the beginning. That's the best place to tell any story. So yeah, well, I got one right off the bat. When you look at the point Michigan's at right now, like we're about to go to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, they're in the College Football Playoff for the third straight year. That wouldn't have happened if it weren't for some of those huge decisions uh, with a lot of guys that decided to come back for quote unquote one more year. Obviously, NIL played a factor, but more than anything, it was the character of these guys. The fact that they still had unfinished business, but Blake Corum, Zach Center. Trevor Keegan, Cornelius Johnson, Michael Barrett. I know I'm leaving out other guys that that could have left but decided to return. Um, just a special group of guys. And it started back in January when they all decided to come back. They got back to work coming off of the Fiesta Bowl loss. And, you know, they created what this year has, has been, 13-0 for the second straight season. Yeah, and that was, as I go back and use the Google machine here, uh, January 9th. So the day of the national title game, 
Blake Corum made his decision, which I, I think a couple guys at that point, didn't we know that Zach Zinter, Trevor Keegan, like those, did we know those guys were coming back at that point? Yeah. Yep. Those, the linemen were coming back and, and Blake said that they were in his ear. And that's something too, that, that was special about that. It was kind of a collective decision where it's like, well, if you're coming back, I'm coming back and let's do this thing. And I think we could see something similar play out after this year, depending on what happens in the playoff, obviously. Yeah. A lot of those decisions still have been made, but Blake Corum was the first or the biggest or the final piece, so to speak to the, you going, all right, well, you know what? All the talk coming off last year is, well, if they can't win a national title now, when will they? Well, they run it back. A lot of guys come back and they're right back in that spot this year. So, um, other highlights for me this year. I mean, had a pretty good day. We had a pretty good day in Cleveland with the team. Went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Went to uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Some interesting stuff there. There's it, this year has not also been without its its share of the ups and downs on the recruiting trail. Uh, you know, well, some some staffing things that have gone on. Uh, Trying True. to think of, I'm just going chronologically in my brain. Well, it's hard for just, me to even. Can I jump in on the Go Cleveland ahead. thing? That's where I conquered my fear of looking Ben Herbert in the eye and having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him. And he was awesome, by the way, as you would expect. But I was, I was a little nervous walking up there. But I was able to conquer that, and we had a fantastic day talking to players, coaches, spending time with them in the Pro Football and Hard Rock, or uh, yeah, Hard Rock Hall of Fames out there in Cleveland in Canton. That was a good yeah, one. that was almost kind of like one of those lunchroom bets where we were all sitting around there, you know, the three of us. It was in the lunchroom. Was with us too, and we're like, hey, uh, Clay, I bet you won't talk. go over and talk to Ben Herbert. And Clay, maybe the first man to use this term during the year, uh, bet, went over and did it anyways and uh, got a really bet. awesome exclusive in our football preview magazine because of that. So shout out to you. I mean, I want to give you your flowers too. I mean – um, I, I tell you this all the time, but it's important for me to say it on the air too. I mean, you are maybe the hardest working person and I know you don't want or require the praise, but you are probably the hardest working person in this market and one of the hardest working people I've ever been around. So again, as we're reflecting on the year, uh, I know Thanksgiving has passed, but giving thanks, being uh, very deliberate about uh, all of those, all those types of things. want to shout well, you out as well, sir. I appreciate it. I don't know if that's true, but I would say pretty much the same thing right back to you. Um, fantastic team we have here at the Wolverine. And uh, I mean, it's, it's fun. We work hard, but it's, it's also a lot of fun working with great people. So, but can we go back yeah. though, a couple months, even before, before that trip, we can't forget about the Hunter Dickinson shot against Wisconsin. I know it didn't lead to, <laughs> well, but I have forgotten about that. Yeah. I mean, that was awesome. Michigan state win at home. In basketball, there weren't, weren't a ton of basketball highlights, but there were a couple, certainly. See, I think back to last basketball season and my enduring. First of all, it was cool to be able to sit courtside. Unfortunately, it took Michigan going to the NIT for that to happen. But um, when I think back to last season, it's just the, the thought that's burned into my brain is how the Big Ten tournament went. Just kind of let, let one get away against Rutgers. I thought we were talking good memories here. I know, but you asked me for memories. That's what popped in my head. But um, to me, it's almost like the way this year is gone. The year, like it, it starts in July for me, right? Because we're coming off um, you know, camp tour. We get revved back up into Big Ten Media Days, and that's that's from the from the moment we set foot in Indianapolis 
it has been it has been something with the football team. It has been obviously the on-field success. It's been the Burgergate stuff. It's been the Connor Stallions investigation. But let's keep it with this football team for a bit because you know what gets lost in the sauce. You know, so much of this season has been in anticipation of of where we find ourselves a week from today. But when you go back and you look at the journey and how they've gotten to this point, I mean, non-conference play, obviously super weird without Jim Harbaugh. You know, you come back, you win that game against Rutgers, the road trip to Nebraska. I think that was the first time for me because you were never going to see that the light completely come on during the non-conference. But to me, when they go to Nebraska and they blow that team out the way that they did right from the jump, I mean, people hadn't even scanned their tickets yet. And Michigan was up 14 to zero in that game. Uh, again, I want to keep it to good memories. That mem- weekend was also memorable given the travel staff who I had on the Friday getting there. But um, to me, when you look at this Michigan football team, even knowing Nebraska is what it was, not a very good team, which is kind of just symbolic of what the Big Ten was as a whole this year. It was that game and it was that trip to Minnesota, I believe the week after, where just complete utter destruction and and demolition of two opponents to where you're like, you know what? I didn't see it really those first four weeks, but you see it now. This team is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, and it seems like every year, at least the last few, it's that first kind of road game for Michigan that kind of gets them up. You know, they understand it's a it's a big game. I mean, I know Nebraska in hindsight wasn't a big game, but going into that week, like that was a that was a big game. I mean, it's your first road game. It's at a place that can get very hostile. It was really hot there that day, and Michigan took the air out of that stadium immediately, and people were filing out even before halftime. So credit to Michigan for making that not a hostile environment. But, I mean, that was kind of one of those jumping-off points, I think, for this team. You mentioned it, the Minnesota game the next week. And then you kind of went through, and they became the most dominant team in college football, starting with those two wins. I mean, you did what you did in the non-conference, but it was really those two games and then you move on and then really kind of end of October uh, ish uh, with the Michigan State win 49 to nothing worst loss in Spartan Stadium history for the Spartans. Um, and that kind of was where Michigan built that momentum and heading into November, even with some of the stuff that they were going to have to deal with with Jim Harbaugh not being there, but with a lot of momentum as they as they went into that crucial stretch. So I think that was a that was a fun, you know, six weeks, I would say, to, to kick off the Big Ten season. Yeah, and obviously it was it was what the a day or two two days I think it was the Wednesday before the Michigan State game was the dawn of all the sign stealing stuff. Michigan there were oh the player safety concerns. People at Michigan State may not even want them to play the game. Um, you know all the pearl clutching that came with all that. Uh, I want to go to that last that last three game stretch of the regular season without Jim Harbaugh because to me. And in a lot of ways, it has shaped what the perception of this team is going to the college football playoff. But uh, people say that Michigan lost their fastball a bit and they haven't looked as dominant. Well, yeah, because the three toughest games they played all year were those last three games of the season. And it's not, and I guess, in part, that was always going to be the case, given where the Penn State game and the Ohio State game lies. And you see what happens with Maryland. like They're up and down and, and they played much better than Maryland teams typically do in November. But you know, to play those three, the three, this might be the enduring moment of the season, regardless of what happens from here, is that three-week stretch at the end of the year 
was not just keeping yourself alive for Big Ten title, keeping yourself alive in the college football playoff race. Those were three, I think, program-affirming weeks that showed you what the culture was, that showed you what this team was all about, showed you what the player leadership was all about, and and I think went a long way in uh, – because, uh, th- yeah, there was the Illinois game last year, but this was like – three Illinois games worth of stress and anxiety and probably even surpassed that of all at the end of the season without your head coach at any moment, they could have lost any of those games um, could have lost two of those games in the worst set of circumstances could have lost all three. But the fact that, you know, that scene at the end of the Ohio state game, and I'm, this isn't for me going to take away what we feel like is still a, you know, get to that final Monday of the season or bust type of year. God, I mean, given everything that had gone on and we don't need to rehash all of it, even looking back on it now, that Ohio state, the win over Ohio state felt as important to this program as, you know, a bowl win would potentially feel a week from today, how a national, I mean, maybe not quite a national title win, but um, that was as big a victory as, as I think, just in terms of everything on the line, as consequential a victory as Michigan could have possibly had. Oh, I agree. And I think, I mean, this in also this year to me cannot be a bust at this point. You're 13-0. You won the Big Ten. You're in the Rose Bowl. You're the number one team in the country. I understand there are bigger goals ahead. And look, no one understands the importance more than me of of what this team has ahead of it. Like, I'm I'm still all there. Like, I'm I'm focused on this Alabama game you know, covering the best game of my life on uh, on New Year's Day. But when you do look back, I mean, it's incredible what this team did to be undefeated 13-0 for a second straight year, but to do it in the way you did it. And I was on the field for that Penn State game. It was one of the most unique experiences of my career doing this before the game when you're on the field when these guys found out that they weren't going to have Jim Harbaugh because the restraining order doesn't go through. And they kind of had that look in their eye. And I didn't know how to describe it when I was talking about it after the game, where it was like, it was kind of, the, you know, a couple, you know, guys walking past each other, kind of nodding to each other, like, all right, let's go do this. The way to describe it was they were like, bet. You know, that was kind of uh, the word to describe it. And they handled their business in that game. The, you know, looking at the emotions of that team before the game compared to after when there was a lot of relief, there was elation. I mean, there were tears, there were, f-bombs on uh, national television um incredible scene on the field there incredible scene when we were both there in maryland when they get the thousandth win and then incredible scene after the ohio state game because of what they did it's still incredible to me i keep using that word but that's what this was that they beat those three teams and particularly ohio state without jim harbaugh without your head coach ryan day lost to sharon moore and that, that means that's no disrespect to Sharon Moore, but just, man, I mean, Ryan Day's going through it and uh, Michigan fans couldn't feel better about that. So it was an insane three week stretch. And then, and you said it, I mean, yeah, Michigan didn't look as dominant as they did against Michigan state against Ohio state or Penn state or Maryland or even Iowa. But really those are probably your four toughest games in a row at the end. And that's, that's how it goes sometimes. But now it's a completely new season as you head into the Alabama game. Yeah, I think the greatest gift of all, as we are here on a Christmas Day edition of the podcast, is no time and place emerged for Ryan Day to address what he felt about what was going on up at Michigan. Not yet. And, um, to me, I mean, I don't – what was the final score? I haven't seen the final score tweeted out from the Ohio State account yet, 
Um, the only thing I have seen is is uh, Ryan Day on the verge of tears, finding out that a five-star recruit was on the verge of signing with them on signing day. I mean, I had a conversation with someone late in the week who was like, man, God, do you believe that, do you believe that uh, Ryan day has didn't lose his job there? I was like, well, I, I mean, I believe it, but I, if you're a Michigan fan, isn't it a little more fun to watch him squirm to me? That's the greatest gift that you could be given this holiday season. So that's okay, kind of yeah. uh, the long and the short of it. Um, anything else stand out from this year? Yeah. I mean, just the whole football season. I mean, there were, um, you know, obviously some different moments as well for a lot of different sports that we didn't mention yet. Michigan won 13 big 10 titles school record, big 10 record in uh 2022, 23. So capped off there, but you had four athletes win national player of the year in their own sport. Uh, Sierra Brooks, women's gymnastics, Adam Fantilli, hockey, Paul Judah, men's gymnastics and Mason Paris in wrestling. Um, and I believe all those sports ended in 2023 so those certainly count for this year so very impressive there very impressive for the athletic department as a whole uh michigan won a total of five individual ncaa championships as well they had 14 top 20 finishes in 27 sports including seven programs that finished top five so uh some really good accomplishments all around that are probably worth mentioning as well um in the next game the football team plays and a lot of the teams play will be in 2024 so we'll see what 2024 brings yeah a little bit of a sabermetric stat here um michigan's college football playoff games the last two years both on new year's eve so maybe some maybe some renewed luck by just starting off the new year instead of ending uh 2023 so uh yeah we're probably missing some moments too i'll say so apologize for those. Uh, share them in your share them in the comments below. Want to hear what stu stood out to you, and, and also while you're sharing, be sure to like the video. Uh, in addition to that, so uh, let's discuss our pals over at Lewis Jewelers. Simple question, guys, and hopefully you sorted all of this out before Christmas. I mean, it's Christmas Day. I don't know that you're, there's any support on the way, but if you need some post Christmas help. Uh, head on over to Lewis Jewelers. Simple question. Is your daughter's engagement ring bigger than your wife's? If the answer is yes, great news. Lewis Jewelers can help. It's a stress-free and easy way to work with one of their non-commissioned expert trusted advisors. Finding that perfect diamond. So stop by today, guys. Fix this family issue. Lewis Jewelers is your diamond store and so much more since 1921. Visit them at their location at 300 South Maple Road in Ann Arbor or online at lewisjewelers.com. All right, Clayton, as we do on all of our Monday night podcasts, let's move into the questions segment of our show. These are all, of course, since we're not live, we took them from our friends over at the fort. Uh, we'll start with this one from CT Blue 72, who says, Team Health, keep hearing about JJ McCarthy and Will Johnson. What about Junior Colson? Will the cast be off by the Rose Bowl? Uh, first things first, it seems like JJ McCarthy, Will Johnson, I think are going to be fine. Uh, Junior Colson, I those casts will not be off by the Rose Bowl, according to him uh, in an interview with him last week when he spoke to the media. But any thoughts on team health and what we've heard from these guys, Clayton? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, I think a few weeks, and especially them going less contact than they have during bowl practices, especially early on in them, uh, than the last couple of years, I think will benefit just a lot of these guys not having to play a game, 13 games in a row, 
takes a toll on your body. I mean, even guys like Mason Graham were banged up. Drake Nugent were banged up. Nothing major, but things that they were dealing with. You saw him come in and out of the Big Ten Championship game. I thought J.J. Um, you know, probably took a couple hits in that Iowa game that I don't think people are realizing. You know, when you rewatch that game, that it maybe affected him. I mean, one of them, his head slams into the ground. I mean, just not having to take that type of contact on a week-in, week-out basis for a few weeks will be really good for all those guys. Will Johnson will be fine. Junior Colson with the cast, um, trying to find a nickname for him. He's not Tommy Two Thumbs like Tommy Eichenberg, but, um, you know, something like that, I guess. We, we'll have to brainstorm for that. But, yeah, I think this team's going to be healthy, and it sounds like they're they're trying to keep that conditioning up with a lot of a lot of stuff where they're running around, but maybe a little bit less contact. And I think Jim Harbaugh, for as much as people call him stubborn, realizes that he had to pivot a little bit with his CFP prep, and hopefully that'll pay off for them, you know, come the Alabama game. Yeah, when you have two years of, of games that don't go your way, uh, to pivot, to change the approach, I think it's it's a smart thing to do, to target your your aggression, your physicality. Um, again, I, I almost wonder if once they get to Pasadena, maybe things crack crank back up a little bit, but a lot of mental work, a lot of guys carrying iPads around, uh, as they always do, but uh, those mental reps have been the focus this time around. Uh, let's go to this one from... I like this. A Christmas question here from Hoops Coach N3D, who says, "If you could give one thing as a Christmas gift to Jim Harbaugh, Jesse Minter, and Sharon Moore, and heck, even crying Ryan Day, what would it be?" I mean, that's I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I would give to Ryan Day. Maybe Cole, um, you know. But no, I mean, in all honesty, that's hopefully Kleenex. Ryan has a great. Hopefully, he has a great Christmas. Um, I mean, I don't know what I would, what would I give Jim Harbaugh? Probably. I don't know. What would you give him? I mean, a new contract, gift card to to Cracker Barrel. Yeah. I'd probably give him a contract. I'd give Jesse Minter a raise and I'd give Sharon Moore a raise. So you're thinking along the right lines. That's perfect. And I give Jim Harbaugh a gift card to Cracker Barrel as a little bit of a, an extra something. Yeah. He, he strikes me as the type of guy you could, you could have every option of the fanciest restaurant in the world, but he wants to go to a Cracker Barrel or a Bob Evans. That he strikes me. I mean, I shouldn't say he strikes. He is that type of guy. Um, or yeah, Jim Harbaugh, give him the new contract. Jesse Minter, I'd probably give him his sign stealer back because that sure would be helpful against Alabama. Uh, Sharon Moore, good tackle play. In the college football playoff, I think if those tackles are able to hold up their end of the bargain, that really kind of does change the complexion of that game on New Year's Day. Uh, Ryan Day, uh, probably get him one of those, like, remember when we were kids, they had, like, those little, like, they were called, like, spy kits where you had a, you had walkie-talkies and you had a little notepad, and I'd get him one of those because it seems like uh, there's a vested interest in, in those types of things. So, um Maybe time to do the dirty work himself. His bro- someone like his brother can give him something like that. So, oh, can you imagine? Like they're they're all sitting around the the tree in their pajama pants, and they rip open their box, and they all got walkie talkies and these little spy kits, and you know little Same safes one. you can crack open, and uh, their little rosy cheeks. They're so happy about it too. And uh, gosh, that's uh, brings a tear to my eye just thinking about it. Honestly. Um, Let's move on to one from uh, Maze Blue 15 says, would recruiting improve with a young coach like Sharon at head coach? 
and no more constant NFL rumors. Um, maybe in theory, you know, but we talked about it on our show last Thursday that I'm sure some people have watched. But, you know, right now the teams recruiting well are the teams that are doing really well with NIL. I mean, there are rumors about other coaches and what they might do. But at the end of the day, and, you know, Oregon's one of those um, that's doing well. But Oregon and Ohio State are really the only two teams that aren't in the South that play the quote-unquote NIL game. And, frankly, those teams have been playing it for a lot longer than, than you know, just the time that NIL has been in effect. Those are the teams that are recruiting well. And the teams that aren't are a lot of the teams in the Midwest. Now, Michigan, I think, can improve even without going full all-in on the NIL stuff. Again, quote unquote NIL. I don't know if it's actually, I don't, I don't really consider that. I'd say pay for play, but I think there's stuff they can do regardless of quote unquote NFL rumors um, to improve recruiting. I think you can get better. There's no reason why you should finish third in the Big Ten in recruiting when you're the number one team in the country, at least finish second behind Ohio State. Um, but it sounds great in theory, but at the same time, Jim Harbaugh is a great recruiter. People do want to play for him. We've seen that with a lot of these guys. And even if the recruiting improved a little bit, would the talent identification be there? Uh, would the development be there with with Jim Harbaugh not around? So I think those are things you have to you have to take into account as well. Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, yeah, I mean, when you look at it, again, I'm not comparing the two situations at all, but recruiting quote unquote improved. When, when Michigan turned to Juwan Howard after John Beeline left. But there are so many other things that are considerations. Now, again, now you have NIL. I will, I will say that it feels like stability and a little less of a frenetic offseason every single year probably does help with recruiting a bit. I assume it would help with, you know, people that are willing to throw money towards NIL. And, you know, a lot of people too, I mean, are, are hesitant to step up because of athletic department leadership too. Um, let's just call that what it is. So but that, to me, exactly. I mean, that's not going to stop, you know, if, if you bring in a new coach, unless they make changes elsewhere too, which I guess could, could happen. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. I mean, Sharon brings continuity, but then, you know, you have to think that if a guy like Jim, you know, if Jim Harbaugh leaves, then you're probably looking at a guy like Jay Harbaugh going with him. I would assume, uh, you know, Jay has been a guy that goes into those non-traditional football areas and pulls guys like Hassan Haskins and Ronnie Bell and Colston Loveland. And, you know, that's, that's part of it too. It, it's, it's about the support staff. It's about your talent evaluation, your development, all of it. So, I mean, in theory, yes, I guess it could, but operationally you wonder who would be there to stick around with him. So uh, let's go to, it's from SoCal for Mish. He says, are we doomed because Ohio State has signed the 35th straight amazing class that will make them unstoppable? Corollary, isn't it funny that OSU's five-star quarterbacks are what's being blamed for this year's failure? Yeah, I don't think I don't think Michigan's doomed. I mean, Ohio State did a little bit better than some people were predicting coming into signing day. There was a lot of drama with, you know, Jeremiah Smith was going to go to Miami or uh, I think one of that offensive lineman five-star was going to go to Alabama, but they both stuck at the same time. Ohio state lost a couple uh, pretty good recruits at the end there. So they're going to have talent. They're going to have, you know, a bunch of guys, especially at the skill position spots and Michigan, I think has really found a way to counteract that with being the, 
more physical team, the team with a better culture, uh, the team with uh, an identity. Um, and, you know, they've obviously made schematic changes as well to uh, to defend Ohio State better defensively, all that. So I think Michigan's set up still to continue to beat Ohio State, but it's not going to be easy. It wasn't easy this year, even though the, the scores were somewhat lopsided the previous two years. Um, you know, a 22-point win should have been 29, and then a 15-point win uh, the year before. It still wasn't easy to to capture those victories. So I think uh, I think Michigan sets up nice here. I know a little tongue-in-cheek about Ohio State's class, but they, they do have a lot of talent. And it is funny that they're they're trying to use um, Kyle McCord as a scapegoat for this Ohio State team this year. He's going to Syracuse now. You have Devin Brown starting the bowl game. This is kind of his, you know, audition to become their starting quarterback. They haven't gotten a quarterback in the portal. So I don't know if it was a smart move to use him as, as the scapegoat here. Time will tell, but it's it's kind of interesting what's going on at quarterback for Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, Michigan could easily have a weird quarterback situation here going on. Um, you know, maybe if, if both teams are kind of waiting out bowl season to see what happens with their, their quarterback situation, then it could get interesting. Maybe there's a, a future arms race at play here. Uh, let's take this one from A2, Jim. We had a lot to ask, but I will focus on this one because some of it moves into territory that uh, I don't know that we're super qualified or interested in speaking on. But he says, why is a known snake like Jim Stapleton allowed to be so close to the program? Yeah, I mean, if if the rumors and I know John U. Bacon reported, um, you know, that Jim Stapleton, who works with the NCAA, was the source of one of the leaks of, you know, a lot of this sign stealing stuff. Then and then you also hear the rumors that he may be, you know, or have some sort of influence with the athletic department. I'm just as confused as everybody else. I it would be absurd to me if someone like that, who apparently hates Jim Harbaugh, your head coach, who's probably the most important, well, not probably, definitely the most important person in your athletic department, probably one of the most important people at the university. To me, it makes absolutely no sense if Jim Stapleton has any influence at all at Michigan. So I would be just as confused as, as anybody else if that if those rumors were true. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why I don't know why anyone in a position of power would would listen to a guy with an axe to grind. So to me, it's I don't know why. Uh reportedly his voice has had so much influence because he's not affiliated with the University of Michigan. He's not on the Board of Regents, he's not in the athletic department. He's in the NCAA. You could you could take that for what it's worth, but um, it doesn't make any sense to me. And quite frankly, uh, I don't want to say what I really feel about it on Christmas. So let's move into a few quish, uh, Christmas questions before we close things out. Uh, this one's from Bringo One, and it is this is is the hot dog a sandwich question of the holiday season? He wants to know is Die Hard a Christmas movie? It is a Christmas movie. It absolutely is a Christmas movie. It is a great movie as well. Um, I watch it. The last few years, I've watched it right around Christmas. And probably by the time this comes out, I probably will have watched it in the last several days. So I got to get on that in the next couple days here as we're talking right now. But it is a Christmas movie, and it is fantastic. Uh, I'll say I'll say yes. It takes place on Christmas Eve. So why wouldn't it be? Uh, yeah. Right. I don't know what the criteria for a Christmas movie is, but... If the setting is on Christmas, if, if the place it, or the you know time it takes place 
why not? So in the plot yeah, has to do with it being Christmas too, you know. Yeah, wasn't he going to a Christmas party with his his ex-wife or his separated wife or something? So yeah, yeah, it's I mean, a Christmas it takes place. Party. I don't know why we're debating it. Exactly. Yeah, we're not. Um, Case closed. Um, Hans Gruba is awesome, by the way. Love that guy. Love Alan Rickman. R.I.P. Alan Rickman. Uh, do a couple more here. Uh, these two are from D. Walto three, who wants to know while we're talking movies, uh, best Christmas movie. I kind of want to say Die Hard because it is my <laughs> most enjoyable Christmas movie watch. I'm going to go with Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn. He just cracks me up so much in that. Um, so I'll go with Four Christmases. I know people are going to rip me for that because it's not like an old school one that that all these people love to watch. I do like some of those as well. But, I mean, I'll just be honest. I enjoy watching that uh, Four Christmases and Die Hard more than the others. Yeah. Um, I'm a bad Santa guy. That's not a family. It's not a family Christmas movie. I wouldn't watch that one uh, with the kids or maybe even with the wife around, but amazing watch. I also love Jim Carrey's version of the Grinch. That's good. Christmas story. Tough to beat that. Uh, I don't know if it technically counts as a movie or if it's just a special, but I love the year without a Santa Claus because of snow miser and heat miser. I think the song that they have in the movie is a bop. Uh, I will play it on repeat this time of year. So those are a few quick uh, Christmas movie picks for me. Something to, I'll probably load up a few of those here on Christmas Day. Uh, we'll end with this one. Same same question asked from D. Walto 3. Best drink for the holidays? Bailey's in anything. Honestly, yeah, that's the play, right? Uh, and no one even knows you got it in there. I mean, I, hell, I could be drinking it right now. I just finished my coffee, but... You know, ba- Bailey's go. in the coffee. That's I feel like once I'm not, it hits December first, once it hits December first, yeah, that's all bets are off with that. Um, <laughs> I'm not an eggnog guy. It's a consistency nah. thing for me. Just doesn't just doesn't do it for me. Um, yeah, I keep it simple. I don't really have a you know. I'm an old fashioned and a Manhattan guy. If I have one of those on Christmas Day, that's good enough for me. It's not a Christmas drink, but it's something I don't mind sitting back and enjoying. So. Um, all right, Clayton, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, be sure to like, and subscribe the video, uh, for our YouTube viewers, use that promo code UM1 to get two months of access for $1. That's 50 cents a month for two months. I mean, it's a steal. I don't need to break down the math here. You guys, you guys can do basic math. Um, be sure to like, and subscribe to the video. Of course, most people don't subscribe to the channel. I think it's over 83% of people who watch YouTube videos aren't subscribed to the channel. So fix I, I that right stat, now. That's your. I, AB, I Go saw a stat the other day where there are like 7 billion people roughly that do not subscribe to the Wolverine YouTube channel. So don't be one of those people subscribe. Yeah. And if you, I mean, if you have a vested interest in Michigan athletics, it's a no brainer. I mean, you're not only saving them, you're saving the world because this is a lifeline for so many people, but uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, for Clayton Safey, I'm Anthony Broom. From all of us at the Wolverine, uh, wish you Merry Christmas, safe travels, happy holidays, wherever you're headed, whatever you're celebrating. Um, you know, we love you guys, and thank you for your support this year. The next time that we talk to you, we will be in Pasadena or L.A., whatever it is. But we will be out west for the Rose Bowl. So thanks again, and we will talk to you. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.